the pastor's heart and Dominic Steele this afternoon. Thanks for joining us. How to see members grow in faith with Tom Harricks and Roger Cunningham. It sounds so simple and yet it's clear from the statistics, the National Church Life Survey statistics, that people in some congregations are reporting not much growth in faith while others are reporting considerable amounts. And isn't it what we all want, that the sheep that God has given us the task of being under shepherds for to report that they are significantly growing in faith in Jesus Christ. Well, Tom Harricks and Roger Cunningham are two of the ministers featured in a new report for the Anglican Church in Sydney uh, who've achieved better than average results. Uh, We could have talked to the report authors, but instead we've chosen to interview the subjects of the report and find out what the key ingredients are so that we can learn from them and steal from their recipes. (laughs) Tom, Roger, thanks for coming in. Um, Let's start, Tom, with the pastor's heart. And what, I mean, what's God been doing on your heart in this season before we come to this detail of this report? Well, it's great to be here with you, Dominic. Uh, I uh, have had more time in the Bible over (laughs) this COVID period, and that's been fantastic. Preaching through Philippians has been really, really good for me. Uh, And uh, I think also spending time with peers. Mm -hmm. So I'm part of a rector's group. I call the boring rector's group. We talk about car parks and that sort of thing. But during COVID, it's it's been uh, fascinating. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've gone into that group. Uh, thinking, you know, I usually go between optimism and pessimism mm-hmm. in, a, in a normal week, but I'm spending more time in despair. And I walked into that group of rectors and recognised that everyone was exactly the same. And there were guys there who I would happily work for, and they were saying, I'm not sure I'm cut out for this. And, and, and there's a sense in which it was actually strangely liberating. I thought, hold on a minute, the problem isn't me. Uh, we, we're all going through this. It's okay this. to be drowning. Yeah, at the that's right. Yeah, if we're situation. in despair, that's actually pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a sense in which spending time with peers was was liberating, mm. uh, as you as you see that it's a common commonly shared experience. Mm. Roger, what about you and your heart in this season? Well, let me say good day as well. It's good to be here, Dominic. Uh, I think one of the things that the COVID restrictions has highlighted is just how valuable meeting together as a church, as God's people is, in whichever format that we might have uh, or multiple during the week. Mm -hmm. And that as we have an opportunity to reignite that as the restrictions have reduced, my concern is that people uh, need to change uh, habits again, Mm -hmm. but it's vitally important for our life as Christians, uh, for our maturity, indeed for our growth in faith that we do meet together and face-to-face wherever we can. Mm, mm. And it does seem as though, as, as you just said, um, some of us are having to relearn that. And, yeah. uh, and that there is some sort of spiritual war going mm. on for some people here. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, the question of growth in faith is what the mm. National Church Life Survey calls it. First of all, Tom, what is it? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question, Tom. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? The growth in faith is not a common phrase in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. I think Paul speaks about it to uh, uh, two churches, Corinthians and the Thessalonians. Yeah. Uh, one, it's a prayer. One, it's a hope that they, they're growing in faith. Uh, but, and yet you look into each of those phrases and they're massive. So faith, you know, the object of faith being Jesus, uh, faithfulness and all the images you have of faithfulness there. And also growth, all the images that you have of growth in the New Testament. You put them together and it's such an important 
kind of issue for us to look at. And, and so c can we see what's in people's hearts? No, but we can see the fruit of faith. Mm. We can see how people are going in times of suffering. We can see how people are going in times of, uh, with their devotion. We mm -hmm. can see in the way their intentional speech, both to one another in, in a church relationship, but also their gospel speech to their friends. And so there's so many things that are tied up in that phrase, faith in terms of growing in faith. And yet the question comes in the National Church Life Survey, have you grown much in faith this mm. year? <laughs> yes, a lot. Yes, a bit. Not much. Not at all. Mm. Something like that. And at that point, everybody's defining it themselves. Yeah. I mean, you tried to give us the correct answer. What do you think people mean when they answer it? Um, Roger? <laughs> well, I think they can. I think you're right to identify that. They can mean a range of different things, and, and, and often they might uh, be reflecting on a particular. Uh, emotional sense mm -hmm. of experience or uh, reflect back on things that they've valued in the year past. But I think uh, we want to uh, encourage people to uh, have their response to that uh, question shaped by the fact that that question has been asked intentionally in their church life mm -hmm. uh, before then. Mm -hmm. Ah, so that's very helpful. Talk to me about the intentionality there, Tom, what do you mean? What do you guys mean by that? Let's start with you, Tom. So I think one of the things we've got to do as church leaders is create a culture uh, or a climate for growth in faith. Mm. And so uh, what are we doing? How are we helping people speak about growth in faith? Uh, so one of the things that we've done at Penrith Anglican, it was one of our staff members' idea, fantastic idea, as well as having the three names of the people that we're uh, attempting to have uh, uh, great making Christ-known conversations with, we're also having, two, what are the two or three areas you want to grow in Christ this year? And so they'll range from Bible reading or um, uh, more prayer time or better prayer time with family or better relationships with a particular person that's been annoying me over the past 10 years or whatever it is. Uh, and so the folk at Penrith are pretty used to being asked, how are you going with the Growing in Christ goals? And so I, I think the intentionality that is there uh, is so it... So if you've set Growing in Christ goals yep. for them, when they come to answer that question in the survey... They're actually thinking in that kind yes. of framework. Yeah. That, oh, yeah, I, I have achieved because I set out to yeah. do this and it, keep going. Or, yeah. or I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> My prayer life is no better than it was at the beginning of the year, but, but I'm conscious of it. So I, I don't know quite how it would relate to how they'd answer the question at the end of the year. Perhaps they'd uh, answer the question uh, in, in a more educated way, because they, in a more thoughtful way, that because it's actually it's been asked of them. They've asked it of themselves as they... You know, see their bookmark with their growing Christ goals and think, yeah, I've got to get back to that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, somehow we, I think we're all intentional about this, but we've got to create a, com a climate where it's actually we can talk about these th things in a really easy way. Mm. Now, what I like about what you just said there is John, on, John Kwan on my staff, uh, he's had a line, a really good line that I've stolen from mm. him, uh, of um, saying to people, how are you going to make 2021 the best year yeah. of your Christian life. and But what I like about what you've just said is you've broken it down into categories. You've said, give me three categories of how you're going to do that. And mm -hmm. yeah, What are your thoughts on that, Roger? Yeah. Well, we've uh, had a bit of a chorus uh, talking about discipleship where we, we talk about discipleship is here's the person in front of me. Here's the word of God as I've understood mm -hmm. it. How do I bring it to intersect 
in their circumstances at this time so that they can move next steps towards maturity in Jesus. And we've tried to then, you know, as well as talking about that intentionally all the time, whether it's to leaders, people in congregations, uh, you know, the young adult and the person at 8 o'clock church, uh, what we've also tried to do is break things down for people so that they can actually see in, in concrete terms rather than sort of more ethereal, uh, uh, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Where am I up to and where could I go to? We do that with um, uh, even with giving where we have a little pathway uh, with, a, with a, a bunch of arrows on it and what we've identified is the different uh, way in which people are on that pathway. Some are not givers, some are giving extensively and there's a range of other options in between. And we actually ask people the question and you can do it with serving, you can do it with any of the other aspects that really are part of uh, growing faith and say to people, well, where are you up to and what would be the next helpful step for you? Mm. Um, but by uh, putting something really concrete in front of people, uh, they've said that they found that really helpful. So th this, it's a document you give people? Or? This is a picture that right. we've used. Uh, we've used it for serving. We've used it for giving. Um, it, you know, it's, it's nothing uh, too fancy, but it's just a couple of arrows one after the other. And if I asked really nicely, after this is over, I could get you to give me a copy of it that we could share in the notes yeah, below? Yeah, for sure. Great. Okay. Mm. Um, uh, Tom, uh, our statistics on this as a denomination in Sydney are quite mm. worrying in mm. that 10 years ago, there was a goal to have lots of people, 60% of mm. people saying we've had much growth in faith. And we mm. said, that's our goal. And we've actually gone backwards in this. I mean, that's a pretty disturbing report card. Do you want to comment on that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, it is disturbing. I think any time you measure something as a Christian, you, well, you want 100%, do you? You wouldn't be satisfied with the 60%, would mm. you? And, and so you think, well, okay, so as a church, uh, how do we see everyone growing in faith? Uh, and I... I I think it actually starts with the leaders. Um, mm -hmm. my, one of my wardens, Paul, regularly asks me, Tom, how's your quiet time going? Uh, one, because he cares for me. Uh, two, because he actually knows that if I'm having good quiet times, the, the Bible teaching will be more authentic and the stats tell, tell him that the church will grow as a result. And, and mm -hmm. so it does start with the leaders. Uh, and so as I have my weekly meeting with staff members, the first question I'm asking them is, what's God teaching you in the Bible at the moment? Um, that's got to be a really important part of our meeting um, with growth groups. And you're trying leaders. to set a culture across yeah, the church yeah. in that I mean, and if you're going for quiet times or mm -hmm. personal Bible reading, um, there's a correlation there yeah. between the person saying, I mean, actually, let's just talk correlation and causation. Yeah, that's good. In this whole survey mm -hmm. of growth in faith, there's a lot of discussion. Roger, do you want to open the batting on that? Let's yeah, see. well, sure. The, the, uh, what the study has identified is that uh, uh, when it comes to growth in faith, here are these different items and there's a high likelihood that you'll find them together. Mm -hmm. uh, that if someone says they're growing in faith, that, uh, that you know, they feel a sense of community or they're uh, regularly reading their Bible and praying together. And, and there's, a, there's a list which is sort of ranked uh, and where they're ranked and identified, you can, you can see that, oh, okay, this is uh, a significant likelihood, but it doesn't mean uh, that you can say, oh, this caused that or that caused this. 
but they do sit together. Mm-hmm. And um, in my experience, and Tom and I were talking about this, uh, is that we often see that growth in faith uh, might lead to these things, but these things uh, lead directly back into growing people's faith. Mm-hmm. So if I want to grow someone's faith, one of the things I can do is encourage personal Bible reading. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Um, but there are different, well, how do you do it? And what's good personal Bible reading and not so good personal Bible reading? Because there's quantity, quantity, style, all those kind of uh, things. Speak to me about that, Tom. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've been really helped by someone who publishes a prayer with the passages that we're down to read. So as a church, we have a program called Chapter a Day. Uh, We speak about it from up the front. We speak about it like, how are you going with Chapter a Day? You're still up to date. Uh, Again, it's got to be a cultural element. And so there's a couple of passages to read. It's actually two chapters a day or so. Uh, And there's a prayer point about church or one of our mission partners. Sounds like a sleight of hand calling it a Chapter a Day. Well, it is. (laughs) That's right. And uh, you're not the first person to point that out, Dom. How are you going, Tom? uh, Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so, so it might be 10 chapters a day in 10 years, which would be great, right? Uh, but, but so the quality of the quiet times, uh, I, I think, uh, the, the, sorry, the other thing to say about quiet times is um, some of our people aren't readers. Uh, and, and so I've actually had to change my language from how you're going reading the Bible or how you're going engaging with the Word. Because I know several couples who have breakfast together, they put the iPad on the table and they press play on those two chapters and they listen to it. And, uh, uh, and, and that's a way better way for them to engage with the Bible together and they pray together. Uh, wouldn't you love every couple in your church to be doing that? Like, I think that's fantastic. Uh, and so, yeah, quality of quiet times, I think that grows as you spend more time in the Word, right? Mm-hmm. Roger? We've uh, uh, endeavoured to put together some tools that people can have in their uh, kit of discipleship. So rather than just say, we want to encourage you to read the Bible, we've actually provided a spot on our website where people can go and pick up on some of the most common uh, ways in which uh, people have used reading plans mm. And we've just recently ran a series on prayer where we've provided uh, from those, uh, from that series, uh, some similar tools to the ones that Tom's talked about. Because people were saying to us, I want to be able to pray. People who are young Christians, even though they might be older in years, as well as young, uh, have said, look, I want to pray, but I don't know how to pray. Mm. And so by uh, giving a daily prayer uh, through one of the electronic means, has been a, a great uh, a breath of fresh air for people, and they're praying regularly, mm. and they're loving it. Mm-hmm. Was it you, Tom, who was talking about you version and using that as a church? Well, if I just imagine it that. wasn't me. It right. might have been a dream. We haven't used it as a church, but we're, oh, in the report, uh, the the, uh, the young adults at our church yep. uh, actually get mentioned because they were using the uh, right. the social mm. aspect that's built into it now to encourage each other in their daily uh, Bible reading. Gotcha. Uh, so that works for them and therefore it's uh, exciting for us. Now going through some of the other aspects of the report, mm. um, there's, there's talking about the church meeting itself and actually this whole sense of belonging. And um, you were saying to me, mm. Tom, in our kind of tribe of Christianity, mm. we're not that good on this. Yeah. It's really interesting, Dominic. I, I find that the, the stats on NCLS on sense of belonging, are like, I find them fascinating, but also find them frightening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think they're f- like, 
They're fascinating, and there's something there. Uh, I was on a Zoom Bible study uh, a month ago with um, uh, a few people, including three women, different ages, different stages of life. Uh, one was in their 20s, a single woman. Uh, one was a married woman in her 30s. One was uh, in her 50s. And each of them said, at, at churches, I've always struggled to belong. Uh, and yet these are mature, godly Christian women. And, and them hearing each other say that, I'm sitting there thinking, you are listening to each other, right? I think everyone in church has that difficulty of of belonging. Everyone thinks, oh, everyone else finds it easy to belong, but 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 me, I'm finding this really hard. And, and so there there is something there that, and these three women said that they felt like that they belonged at their service. And I asked them why, but they couldn't really articulate why. And so I'm sure there's something there. It's an important stat for us to look at. But at the same time, I find it frightening. So I find it frightening that any church would aim to increase their sense of belonging. Uh, because one of the things as a church leader, you're always fighting against the country club inertia, mm. you know, the, or the cheers bar where everyone knows you by name, you know, everyone mm. knows your name. Like we don't want that. We don't want a social club. And so I think that's what frightens me about the stat that you would aim to get there. What I'd rather do is say, have we... Uh, shown people the range of ways that they can get involved serving at church? Uh, are we matching those to people's gifts and inclinations? Um, because I know that when they're serving in a way that the God has shaped them to serve, they will have a sense of belonging. I'd far rather get to it that way. Mm. And, and I'd add uh, things like uh, we've found that people come to a sense of belonging when they've been given uh, the, the help and encouragement, been uh, ramped on to find ways to serve or to contribute uh, as one of these aspects of growth in faith uh, that we've been talking about, uh, rather than you know focusing on the sense of belonging itself. Mm -hmm. So that's been really encouraging. So how do you do that, Roger? How do you get them onto that ramp that you're talking about? Yeah, well, we, we've still got a long way to go, but we're, we're constantly thinking of how can we put good opportunities in front of people uh, and for the people, uh, so we'll do it in, in Sunday church. I mean, Sunday church is a bit of a different kettle of fish at the moment, uh, but we'll do it in the Seeing Lives Transformed spots that mm -hmm. we have. Uh, okay, well, what's Seeing Live Transformed spot? Yeah, that's right. Well, it, it's, <laughs> a, that it's, a, it's, it's a regular on the, uh, uh, at, at church, but because we talk about this is, this is our main goal under God is to mm -hmm. see lives transformed through Jesus. It's, it's not new. Plenty of other people have taken advantage of that. But we are trying to share stories of uh, where we can see that taking place. Mm -hmm. And by showing those stories, we want to affirm uh, that that's the sort of thing that God's doing amongst us as a church and also putting into people's minds ideas of, well, what choices could I make where I'll onboard myself when the opportunity arises? And, and we have communication uh, tools to help people do that. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's a, a key thing you can do in a church meeting to promote growth in faith. Any other ideas on that front, Tom? Um, I think, again, as Roger has said, uh, I don't think we're doing brilliantly at this either. However, I would say that I think growth groups are a far better place to fish for people to come and be involved in serving. 
uh, I, I think uh, we often would go down the route of having a, a, a ministry, if you like a ministry fair, these are the opportunities to serve uh, at, at a church service and, and, and offering those opportunities there. But I actually think it's way better to do that in growth group land mm-hmm. uh, where you're known by your leader, your capacities, your gifts, your inclinations are known way better than by your growth group leader than necessarily by the congregational pastor. Um, so I, I'd say that I wonder whether services, uh, growth groups is a better place than services to be doing that onboarding in terms of the uh, uh, how to serve, where to serve. Mm-hmm. Let's just go back to the belonging question because mm-hmm. we've got a comment on Facebook. Um, Justine Lyons has said, really surprised that you're interpreting sense of belonging that way. I would have thought it would be a sense of being known. How can you love people if you don't know them? Serving is a great way to increase connection, though. Comment. Well, I think that the question highlights uh, one of the challenges with the questions in the NCLS is that they mean different things to different people. Mm. But I, I certainly think, I think the authentic, uh, an authentic church is seen by uh, do they treat the Bible as the word of God? And then uh, the second question, the one that really tests, because everyone says they believe the Bible is the word of God mm-hmm. in the answer to the first question. But the second one is, do the people love one another? But love is an active thing, isn't it? We have shared experiences, shared serving, shared partnership in mission and ministry. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think I'd be happy to agree that uh, loving people is very much a part of that. Um, uh, but it comes through what we're sharing in together. Mm-hmm. I just say, I long for people to feel like they belong. Uh, but that can happen in good ways and it can happen in, in, in ways that are uh, uh, not regrettable but uh, avoidable. Like if, if everyone's there where they know each other and know that um, whatever they do is fine by everyone, that's not the kind of belonging I think mm. you're chasing. Um, so, so uh, yes, I want people to belong and I want them to belong because they recognise that this is the this is the family of God yeah. <laughs> and uh, that they are in Christ, that is part of their identity and so they are in Christ together with others. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of belonging. So it's perhaps I'm choosing one belonging over another. Mm. Now, one of the things that was a little surprising in this report was that being part of a growth group, a community group, a Bible study group, mm. wasn't as tightly correlated with growth in faith as the, we might have initially expected. Um, what's your theory there? Because well, I thought mm, yeah. <laughs> you're in a small group, you'd be growing You'd in expect faith. the correlation mm. to be high. I think in the report, uh, Phil Colgan says something really useful about the there is a difference in the quality of growth groups. Uh, and I think he names four different types of growth groups in the report. Uh, and so I think it comes back to the quality of the groups that you're running. And uh, we all want growth groups that are fantastic. But what do you mean by fantastic? What are you shooting for as a growth group? So I think that comes back to your leaders. Uh, so what are you setting your leaders up for? Uh, so at Penrith Anglican, I think we've made somewhat costly move of meeting with the growth group leaders every fortnight uh, while growth group members are... Uh, are in a seminar mm-hmm. a- 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 but that way the growth group leaders it's a pretty new culture of growth groups at Penrith Anglican because you've been on a quite a sharp growth 
trajectory. Yeah. Uh, so certainly with, with growth groups, um, I don't know what's happening now, Dominic, but <laughs> in terms of growth <laughs> dynamics. Uh, but so the leaders getting together every week, not only are we going through a study, uh, we're coaching one another as we take turns in leading a study. And so we're getting better at giving good feedback rather than just polite, that was nice, thanks. Uh, and then we're also taking a line each of, we've got six things that we want to be as a growth group, and we take it in turns to go through those lines and think, how are we going at creating a place of care? How are we going at caring for one another in our growth group? And we ask those questions of ourselves as we go through it. And so I think if you're not setting your church up for really uh, fant- uh, if you're not thinking, well, we want to have fantastic growth groups, but and that's what this looks like. If you're not doing that's what this looks like piece, I think you might end up with a, a looser correlation that, that comes out in the report. Mm. Let's just go to Phil Colvin's lines because I think they're worth mm. reflecting on. Uh, he's written that there, there are four kind of growth groups. Um, one, groups which are unhelpful, perhaps taking people backwards in their mm-hmm. faith. Two, uh, groups, groups that just keep people ticking along, that's not a bad thing, mm. as it at least helps ensure people don't drift away from the word prayer and fellowship. Three, more intentional groups providing a good environment for some members to grow more markedly. And four, more radical groups where a critical mass of the group gets excited or take big steps forward, which drags others along with them. What kind of groups have you got, Roger? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we're very thankful the groups, for the groups we've got. I, I'm not sure how many of the last one we've got. That, that might be stretching it. But I think uh, there's a number in the, in the third section there. Uh, because of this thinking about discipleship and growth in faith for each individual, rather than uh, measuring how we're going based on, well, I can see a bright spot over here in the church or a bright spot over here, taking responsibility as leaders to try and uh, create an environment where uh, people's individual growth is being uh, attended to and Mm -hmm. and shaped, even though it's their responsibility to grow. So one of the things that's uh, come up through uh, some uh, very helpful leaders we've had in the past is dividing our growth groups into smaller groups where we encourage people to be having the conversations, having the accountability questions that will see them taking next steps mm-hmm. in their discipleship. And so I, I think uh, as we've heard feedback from people, uh, they've found that really helpful because it doesn't just happen in the group time. Uh, there's a lot of groups where that's extending into the outside group time. They're using various you know, social media tools and things or messages uh, to keep in contact, keep praying for each other, hold each other accountable and growing in the faith. Mm. Now, um Tom, uh, we've been talking so far about really in the abstract um, and talking about uh, uh, what about um, uh, in the general congregational life. We haven't really talked about 2020 and COVID and Mm. much growth in faith. Mm. Um, What are some of the particular things you've been thinking about 
this last little while mm. in this space. Well, it's interesting. I'm actually really glad we're having this conversation now. Because as you think about growth in faith, you, you read about it in the scriptures and you uh, talk with people as a pastor about growth in faith. When does it usually happen? It usually happens in time of, times of adversity. Mm-hmm. And so what a great time uh, to, to see people grow in their faith. Like we might look back on this 18 months, uh, three years later and look back at COVID and think, Gee, that was the time that lots of our people really kicked on in the faith. Mm. Like, wouldn't that be fantastic? Mm. Uh, and, and you see the people uh, who are, uh, perhaps um, have been particularly challenged in this time of COVID. Um, and I think they would tell you that this has been a time where the gospel has made so much sense to them, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in that early, sharper time, I guess, like mm-hmm. our uh, brothers and sisters in Victoria going through in that extended time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a desperate time. Mm-hmm. And you just see how much hope there is in the gospel by comparison to your neighbours that don't have that hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so... It is a dreadful time, but it might be uh, the climate that actually brings about a great deal of growth in the Christian church. Wouldn't that be great? Mm. Roger? Mm. I think uh, uh, I've been encouraged by a number of things that I've seen happen. I've seen people taking on that responsibility and initiative to love others. I mean, I've seen people who may not have been people I would think would grab uh, technology, Mm -hmm. uh, Mm. embrace it for the sake of connecting with other Mm. people they love and care for and vice versa. Uh, We've seen uh, people join Christianity Explored Mm. online and uh, a couple who was there shared with us that they wouldn't have been able to come if it was face-to-face like we always did it because of their home from work times and Mm -hmm. from their little child. And so uh, uh, while there's no uh, diminishing of some of the very hard things that have been happening during COVID, uh, what's been clear is that the power of the gospel is still present and it's irregardless of the circumstances that God will achieve his purposes. And so uh, I'm thankful that we get to see some of the fruit of that uh, and God knows uh, even more deeply the extent of it. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, thanks so much for coming in and sharing with us this afternoon. Thanks, Dominic. Thanks very much. My guests on The Pastor's Heart, Roger Cunningham from Emu Plains Anglican Church and Tom Harricks from Penrith Anglican Church. And we've been talking today how to achieve much growth in faith. You've been with us on The Pastor's Heart and we'll look forward to your company next Tuesday. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could hop over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating and review. That helps us in the rankings and lets other people discover the pastor's heart. And again, if you are able to help us out by being a financial partner, go to our Patreon link, patreon.com slash the pastor's heart.